It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. It may or may not have come to your attention over the weekend that there was an attack on a Catholic church in Istanbul on Sunday, the 28th January. It was the Santa Maria Church in Istanbul. Uh, One man was killed and the Islamic State has claimed responsibility for what happened. Now, why am I telling you this? Because Cullum Flynn was there. Cullum is the Vatican News correspondent with EWTN. And Cullum, you were actually in Turkey. This was the start of a trip over there for your news agency. Um, And a a year after the earthquake, which I'd almost forgotten that anniversary is coming up any day now. Good morning to you. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And good morning to you too, PJ. And I'm still in Turkey at the moment. I've moved from Istanbul. I've come down to the very south of Turkey near the border with Syria. And it's interesting, as you're talking about on your show this morning, missing people in Cork. That's something that we've been covering here one year after the earthquake. And PJ, as you mentioned, how quickly do we forget because of the news cycle and everything that's happening in the world But it's just coming up to one year since this devastating earthquake ripped through the south of Turkey, the north of Syria. 60,000. Can you try and comprehend that? 60,000 people killed. So many left uh, without a home and so many still missing that they're unaccounted for. So you can imagine the pain and the anguish that is still here today um, with all the people we've been meeting. So that was one thing we came here to Turkey to do. But while we were in Istanbul, we were also doing a kind of wider story about Christians in Turkey. A hundred years ago, there were 20% Christians in Turkey. Now there's only 0.2%. So it has really dropped off the cliff. And we were interviewing different priests and bishops about, you know, why are there so few Christians left in the country? And we were talking about the persecution that they can face in certain places. Just as we were sitting down to do an interview with the main guy, Bishop Polarino, He's the most senior Catholic in all of Istanbul. When he came in to do the interview, we had set up the cameras and the lights, and he seemed a bit distracted and a bit kind of, um, he was a bit off. And he sat down and he said, look, I'm sorry, did you hear the news this morning? And we said, no, what? He said, in a Catholic church, 20 minutes away, just as we were having mass here, two mass gunmen entered the church in the middle of holy mass, the consecration, and they shot and killed one person and then they fled on foot. So that was just as we were sitting down to do the TV interview. Um, he still went yeah. ahead and did the interview. We talked a bit about it. And at the moment, there's still 
not much known about what happened exactly. Now, we went straight after the interview. We went to the church and all the media were outside and it was covered by uh, police and special armed forces from the Turkish government. But what they know is that two men came in. They were wearing masks. They had guns. During the mass, they shot at people. Uh, it's unclear, and this is the big question, if they were targeting one individual, if this was an assassination that just happened to take place, I say that, you know, uh, not lightly, but happened to take place in a church, or if this was an attack on the church itself and on Christians. ISIS, as you mentioned in, in the intro, the Islamic State, they came out and claimed responsibility for it. They said, yeah, these two gunmen were following orders that we have out to everyone to kill Christians and Jewish people. Um, they were captured, the two men who went on the run within 24 hours. But, you know, the government, I was talking to someone from Turkish television, and they said to me first, well, we think it's just one targeted assassination. Then I spoke to someone else and they said, well, of course they would want you to think that from the from the state television because, right. it's, you know, they don't want people to think that there is this extremism rearing its head here again today. Does, does it happen a bit more often than, than we hear, Colm? You know, there was a bishop killed here a number of years ago, but uh, for the last number of years, while uh, Christians are persecuted, PJ, in other ways, for example, missionaries coming into the countries, the country who've been coming here for the past 40 years, some of them all of a sudden had their visas denied. Uh, some people that were living here because they were giving out Bibles on the street, uh, they were sent home to the United States. In the Constitution of Turkey, there is religious freedom and religious tolerance. But as one priest I interviewed today said, look, we're told there is religious freedom, but we have to be smart about it. Here in the church, we can preach the gospel, but we can't do it on the street in a predominantly Muslim country. It's just not socially accepted yeah. or safe. Talk to me a little bit about uh, your your job, Colm, because you were in America for a while and I remember you being involved in the Today Show uh, in, in RTE. Now you're a Vatican News correspondent. How on earth did you end up a Vatican News <laughs> correspondent? And it sounds to me, because I have a fascination, I read a book, I read a few books about the, the Vatican uh, a number of years ago, one being Vickers of Christ by Peter DeRosa, which I'm sure you've probably read, and John Cornwell's A Thief in the Night, and a few books like that. It's a place, the politics of which fascinate me. How'd you land up in that gig? Yeah, it, you're right. Uh, fact is stranger than fiction, and never a dull moment when it comes to the smallest state in the world, Vatican City. Uh, even though the smallest state in the world... Politically, its influence is far-stretching right across the globe. And uh, I'm from Ennis Sinclair, and I think the last time we spoke, PG, I was uh, in New York working with the BBC, and I think it was around the time of COVID where we had covered stories for Nationwide and the Today Show about the Irish people there. Yeah, but um, I was always covering stories of faith for the BBC and a bit for Nationwide for RTE. And then on the side, I started working for a company called EWTN, which is the biggest religious broadcaster in the world. And they said to me, look, we need a correspondent covering the Vatican, focusing on the Holy See and Vatican affairs and uh, the Catholic Church at large. Can you come to Rome? So I went to Rome three years ago. I took the gig and I've been doing that since. But it's kind of changed what started as covering Pope Francis and going on all his apostolic trips around the world. And um, now we travel the world and cover kind of human interest stories, human rights stories, anything connected with the Catholic faith, which really is mm. anything and everything. It, it, it does sound and always has read to me like the most politically fascinating state to cover. 
Yeah, because um, and here's the thing: there, there's so much at stake, and uh, so much at stake. People don't realize this that. Like, for example, Ireland and England and other countries, they have embassies to Italy in Rome, but then they also have embassies to the Holy See. They have separate ambassadors and embassies just towards the Vatican because they recognize just how powerful and how much influence uh, to do good that the church has all over the world, particularly today across Asia, Africa, Latin America. But the politics that are at play would put, you know, any political games that are happening in, in Leinster House or in Westminster to shame. Yeah. Because there's a, you know, what's at stake is the papacy. And if you go in there as kind of a young, um, promising and rising cleric, you're not just going to become a politician or a figurehead or a head of a department, but you could become the successor of Peter, one of the apostles, and uh, the spiritual head of over a billion Catholics across the globe. So there's a lot at stake. Um, and, you know, what Christians believe, what Catholics believe, is that we're dealing with people's well-being across the world, giving health care and education. But ultimately, you're dealing with people's souls and where they'll end up in the next life. Yeah. So it's just fascinating because you have the mix of the spiritual, the political, the human rights. It all kind of comes to a head yeah. there in the Vatican. Have you been over before, PJ? I've, I've never been there except as a tourist. But one thing I was thinking, as a, as a journalist, for example, I would love to be let loose in the archives for a couple of days to see what you'd find. <laughs> Good luck with that, PJ. I know. It's virtually impossible. It's a, you know, of course, it's no secret that the Vatican is a very secretive place. And while some places move in years or decades, the Vatican moves in centuries and change comes very slowly, as we've seen with the recent sexual abuse cases. Yes. And Pope Francis is trying to bring around a lot of transparency now when it comes to the accounts of the Vatican. For years, there was a lot of kind of misgivings and this and that, but that's kind of, there's a good handle on that now. And with the sexual abuse scandals that have rocked the church. But the Vatican archives, some of them have been digitized and opened up like around Pope Pius XII and the Second World War. We did a nationwide program on that actually recently about Monsignor Hugh O'Flaherty, who was born in Cork, yeah. but then uh, grew up and uh, went to school in uh, Kerry and went to school in, in Limerick. But he was uh, the Vatican Pimpernel. There was that famous movie, The Scarlet and the Black. He saved over 6,000 Jews during World War II That's by true. hiding them in the Vatican. So I always try to remind people when they come to Rome, they can be put off by the politics of the Vatican, by the faults and by the failings of human beings. They're working at the, the church. But the, still, you can't deny when you go in and you learn about it and you see what they're doing, uh, the immense good that's been done. Yeah. Like where we are now. We're, we're, I'm sitting now in a van with five other people who are listening to me uh, shouting in the rear at the moment, but they all work for Malteser International, which is like a division of the Order of Malta, a humanitarian group, Catholic humanitarian group, who are just trying to do anything they can, for example, here in Turkey, to help the, all the people who have been, lives have been just ripped apart by this earthquake. Yeah. And they're the stories, PJ, that you don't normally see on television, unfortunately. No, you, don't, you don't. About. No, you don't. And it's a very good point that you make, Colin, because there is, and look, we've for goodness sake, I covered my first abuse case. It's 30 years ago now, or if, if if not more, and each one is more horrible than the one that went before it. And sometimes the good gets lost, and sometimes the, the, the fact that the vast majority of priests and bishops and clerics, they're just decent people who want to do decent things. That That's lost a lot, isn't it? 
It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Yeah, and everywhere we go uh, for the past number of years with this job, we have traveled to uh, recently a few months ago, Mongolia. We've gone to the United Arab Emirates. We've gone down into Africa, into Latin America. And when we're meeting people and they, first of all, hear us speaking English and they say, oh, you're from the UK? And we say, no, Ireland, Ireland. And they say, oh, they instantly know Ireland. And that is because they were taught by a missionary priest they were cared for by a nun Mm -hmm. they were looked after by a bishop their home or whatever we just everywhere we go we just hear these incredible stories of how people's lives were touched by irish missionaries the sad thing is pj they're all going to be gone soon in the next 10 15 years and and with them their stories and and, um, god only knows the good that they've done because their stories are just not getting publicized anymore and you bad people everywhere now the church it should be held to a higher standard because of what it preaches mm-hmm. you know it has to practice what it preaches. and, and, and the undeniable fact that it moved people around to avoid taking action Absolutely. that's unforgivable Absolutely. unforgivable and that's why uh, you look at what pope benedict did with laicizing hundreds of priests and uh, pope francis establishing a commission to protect minors um, getting external people in who are not connected with the church to make sure that this was effective and good safeguarding measures were being put in place. But uh, the vast people, the headlines are so grim sometimes. Of course, it's easy to lose hope in the church, but it, the vast, vast majority of people in the church are like those people in Cork who you know, the, the priests and the nuns who are just trying to do their bit to help someone else in a small way, in a big way, in any way they can. And thankfully, thank God, that's the vast majority of the Catholic Church right around the world. You mentioned Pope Benedict and indeed Pope Francis, who you travel, you have traveled the world with over the last number of years. Do they ever, they said probably asking you for an inside story, do they ever actually sit and have tea together or, or what are they like? Have you met them both this stage? No, I haven't met uh, 
Pope Benedict, and Pope Benedict passed away, you'll remember. I know it's, again, with the, the, just a year ago now, just one year anniversary went over. But they were he was there for 13 years or something along beside Pope Francis, and that's what everyone was asking, PJ, was how do they spend time together? How much do they mix? When Pope Benedict retired, it was a huge shock because no pope had retired in 600 years. Right. And everyone was thinking, what will this be like? Are we going to have two popes, two heads of the Vatican, two people giving out spiritual direction? What if they're at odds? Who will people follow? Because Catholics are meant to be faithful to the pope. So when Pope Benedict retired, he made a promise and he said, look, I'm going to stay out of the limelight. I'm going to stay within the walls of Vatican City and live a quiet life of prayer. Yeah. And he stayed true to his promise. That's yeah. what he did. He went to some okay. He went to some events at the invitation of Pope Francis, and they would have short, warm meetings. But he stayed out of it. Now there are people who talk around Rome that he was not maybe in favor of some of the direction that Pope Francis was bringing the church in. Some of the teachings that well, he, he was, was giving a far more out. conservative man than Francis, anyway. Yeah, he was more uh, traditional, more conservative, and then Pope Francis puts an emphasis maybe on uh, being more open and uh, a bigger outreach to, for example, the LGBT community. He puts an emphasis on the environment, whereas um, Pope Benedict would have, you know, talked more about theology, the traditions of the church, talking about the beauty of the church. So they're both different popes. And uh, his his secretary, Ganswein, did say to us recently, this was Pope Benedict's long-time secretary, that when uh, Pope Francis was talking about some of these things, that it really did break his heart, and he found it difficult to understand. Mm. He could have come out, released letters and declarations. And he didn't. Um, but he didn't. To be fair, he said he Pope didn't. Francis is the Pope, and he's in charge. What's Francis like? I know his health is bad at the moment. Are they worried about him? Yes. In a word, yes. But he's 87. So if you have a granddad who's 87... And he, you know, he suffered from, uh, back when he was only 21 in Argentina, he had bad pneumonia and he had part of one of his lungs removed. So when he gets sick, it's serious. But when you're 87... And, Everything's uh, serious, yeah. Everything is serious. And, you know, of course, when he's the Pope, the spotlight is on. So every time he goes to the hospital for something, even if it could be minor, <laughs> all the camera crews are outside, uh, you know, with bated breath, waiting on every piece of information. But... The question is, um, you know, how much longer will our Holy Father be with us? Yeah. And then could could he retire? Like Benedict started, like you said, he was the first one for hundreds of years. But could Francis retire? Good question. And that is what people are wondering. Because here's the thing, PJ, right? If you, if the CEO of Cork's 96 FM wants to retire, he goes to the board and he hands in his letter of resignation. Fine. But if you're the Pope, what do we believe? We believe that it's not just a group of men electing him. We believe that when they go in and have the conclave, the Holy Spirit, they're praying, and the Holy Spirit is meant to be working through them. They're praying for advice and for guidance. So the Holy Spirit picks the Pope. So if you want to finish up and kind of hang up your boots, how do you hand your letter of resignation to the Holy Spirit, and how do you know if he accepts it? So a lot of people in the church thought when Pope Benedict retired – Okay, well, he said he's retired, but still, he's the Pope. He's the Pope until he's dead. He's de he dies, and Pope Francis is an illegitimate Pope, to use the crudest. Yeah, I heard uh, that. I heard possible. that. Yeah, I heard that at the time. Uh, I didn't. I didn't like that phrase being used. I didn't but. like it either. But it's an interesting theological question. Like, can you? Do you have the authority, even as Pope, to resign to say I've been given the pontificate? 
I've been given the stone on which Jesus said, Peter, build a church. You know, can you say, you, you have know, the right to resign I'm from tired, here. I'm old, yeah. I, I resign, I give up. And so, um, but Pope Francis has said, to answer your question, he's a Jesuit. So he talks in kind of sometimes ambiguous ways. One day he'll say, I don't think you should ever, I think the papacy is for life. And then the next day he can say, well, I think today I feel that tomorrow ask me and I'll give you another answer. Yeah. Well, when when it does happen, and whether he retires or passes on to his mortal rewards, I, I'm delighted and excited that I'll actually have someone to cover a conclave for me because I'm, I'm an election geek, and it's the most fascinating <laughs> election on the planet. So I look forward to that. But lastly, Colm, come back to where you are right now. I have a, a fellow who cuts my hair from time to time, and he has people in that region, and he has spent many times as he clips my hair telling me about the devastation and the destruction, but also telling me about the remarkable work being done to rebuild and rebuild rapidly. Quartz 96 FM. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff: shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.